Hey, thanks for listening to this exclusive bonus episode of the Garvaror Show. More episodes to come this week, so stay tuned. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, welcome to the Garvaror Show, and I'm very excited about this episode. You guys know I went to the NBA Summer League this year, and joining me, I have one of my absolute favorite people from the NBA Summer League and SBC, assistant coach of Raptors 905, Charles Dupres. Charles, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So at SBC, we went over a lot of the elements that you need to succeed in this industry. And as we know, the process of getting there does not come easy. So not growing up in the United States, how did you find your way towards the sport of basketball? And when did you start considering it to be a potential profession for you? Um, I mean, I, I searched a little bit, uh, did some soul searching back in college. I thought I was going to uh, you know, study psychology and maybe end up working in that field. But basketball was too much of a passion for me to uh, to keep avoiding it. I mean, I thought early on that I was going to be uh, coaching for sure. I didn't know that it was going to be my profession, but it was uh, uh, way too uh, mind consuming, I should say, uh, for me to do something else. So uh, uh, did my uh, undergrad degree in coaching at Laval University in Canada, uh, then coached a uh, professional minor league team in Quebec City for a couple of years, uh, which led me to coach overseas. Uh, so I spent eight years in France with a club called uh, Nanterre as an assistant coach and uh, head coach of the youth academy over there, which is kind of like uh, coaching an NCAA team in the United States in terms mm -hmm. of uh, age groups and, and, and developing future professional players. So um, got fortunate over there. Uh, we, we won Pro A in 2013, so we played EuroLeague the year after that, which got me to uh, be on the bench against some of the best coaches in the world. Um, eventually hooked up with the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, to be a guest coach in summer league and be a part of their program for four years uh, then spent a year in China and then as a head coach over there and then back uh, to North America with the Raptors since 2018 so it's been a, a hell of a it's ride been a crazy but, uh, journey right yeah, it's a crazy journey but I've enjoyed every second of it and I wouldn't trade it for the world Absolutely. So, I mean, we're going to touch on that right now. I mean, you've had over 16 years of coaching experience from the high school level onwards. You've coached in China where you won coach of the year. Congratulations, by the way. France, the U.S., and now Canada. Uh, from what you have seen, what makes a great coach and what makes a great scout in terms of evaluating talent? Um, as a scout, I would say a, a big part of it is preparation and, and be ready to dig into the details. So whether it's uh, getting intel from from different coaches or people that have been around a certain player or a certain team depending on on how you approach a certain scout I mean there's obviously different levels of scouting if you scout a player if you're scouting a team uh, so depending on the perspective you are in uh, you might be looking for specific types of information and you need to put in the work to be able to uh, get the the best you know information for the people you're scouting for uh, as a coach I mean there's a there's a thousand different uh, qualities that a coach may have or that will lead to him being successful or not. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of it. I, I believe 
uh, a, a common thing in all coaches is uh, uh, humility, uh, hard work, you know, a, a, um, a, a lifelong process of learning and trying to get better no matter what level you're at because it's never uh, the end of the journey for you. I mean, every, every chapter is different and you need to learn at every step of the way if you want uh, that chapter to be a good one and, and your next step to be successful. So I would say uh, that's a common point. Basically, all coaches I've seen around the world that have been successful is that they're really uh, putting, the work to be, uh, putting in the work to be better and uh, uh, keeping a certain level of humility to know that they don't know everything and they, they need to learn more to get better. Sure, it's a common trait you have to share, I guess. And then also, we mentioned your outstanding portfolio. I mean, any moment thus far in your career, funny or serious, that you would like to tell us, like anything that stands out to you that in over your 16 years of coaching experience that, man, that was just such a great story. That's going to live with me forever. Uh, I mean, there would be a few of them. Um, I would say definitely the experience in Southeast Asia uh, with the Chinese team was a, a very special one. I think it's a very uh, a special league that I've certainly enjoyed a lot. Um, and, and playing in nine different countries against different types of organization, different types of people, uh, it, it gives you a certain perspective on life. You know, when you're, you're going to a game in the Philippines where, you know, people are completely crazy about basketball, like they're second to none in terms of their love for for that sport mm -hmm. uh but at the same time you'll be driving to a game uh over there and 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 you'll see people like kids playing in the streets with no shoes on so yeah uh, I mean, it's something that sticks in your mind and, and, and you feel fortunate to be able to do what you do uh, because, you know, there, there's definitely people around the world that don't have that opportunity you got. So that's one that's going to stick and, and resonate with me for a long time. Uh, I would say also there's a, a, a different story, which is probably – Uh, you know, getting to finally join the NBA world last year uh, with the Toronto Raptors and being in their organization. And, you know, the Raptors, uh, as a Canadian, you know, being mm -hmm. able to be a, a, a very, very small piece of that huge puzzle uh, that led to an NBA championship and the first title ever in Canada here. Uh, so that was definitely very special. And I think like that will uh, be in my mind for, for many years to come, for sure. Absolutely. So, I mean, you were talking about those things that resonated with you throughout your career, but that career is not sustainable without a support system. And you've mentioned throughout your career various times the importance of your family. Can you speak on the significance they have in your coaching career? Uh, it's huge. I mean, I, I definitely would not be able to, to keep on going without them. Uh, I'm fortunate to have a, an amazing wife who's been following me around the world, uh, which takes obviously a lot of courage to, to kind of Uh, you know, put your career aside and determine that you're going to just follow your husband around and, and trust in, in his ability to, 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 to be successful and to, to, to be able to make a living for the family. Uh, so I'm fortunate to, to have her by my side and two amazing kids as well, uh, which give you a, a little ray of, of sunlight every time you <laughs> see them in the morning and at night. And, um, you know, it puts life in perspective because there's wins and losses, but there's a lot uh, more things that are bigger than that in life. And, you know, being able to raise two amazing young boys, uh, seeing them grow, seeing them learn, seeing them enjoy every day of life. You know, it puts a perspective on your wins and losses. And when you, you're, you're in the middle of a two or three game losing skid and, and you have those two little boys coming to you with a big smile on, uh, I mean, you have to leave your losses outside of your apartment or your, your house or anything. And, and, you know, you know, put your energy at the right place, which is giving them love and, you know, because they support you as much as you support them. So, uh, it, it's, it's a, 
it's a hole, I would say. And, and, you know, my whole life stands on obviously a big part of it is basketball, but definitely uh, the biggest part of it all is, is the family I got around me. Absolutely. And, you know, that sometimes gets lost. So I'm glad you shared that perspective with us. Um, after winning coach of the year in the ABL and you were calling to be a part of the Toronto Raptors organization, uh, I know con- coincidentally you joined the same year Toronto won an NBA title in Wakwai. So, you know, both of you to credit to that championship, who's to have more a uh, part of that success, you know, that's arguable. But uh, can you speak on what it's like for an affiliate club watching the parent team win an NBA title? Uh, it, it's amazing. I mean, we're very uh, fortunate here in Toronto to have our G League team in the same city as the as the parent club. So uh, we're very close in the, the way the Raptors are built. It's a pretty uh, tight knit family between uh, the, the front office and the, the, the parent team and the G League team. I mean, Jamal Malalela, who's the head coach of the Raptors 905, is a uh, former uh, front row assistant for the Raptors. He was working alongside Nick Nurse, who was also a front row assistant uh, with Dwayne Casey uh, prior to becoming the the, the head coach of the Toronto Raptors. So obviously that relationship leads us to having a, a, a tight relationship. I mean, we're obviously working together in summer league uh, and throughout our uh, summer program. Uh, so we're, I mean, we have that opportunity to, to, to watch the games live and to be there whenever our schedule is permitting. Uh, so to be there for the, the playoff run, uh, seeing the craziness in the city and everything, I mean, be it, being there up front was definitely something special. Uh, and we're very, very fortunate to, to have that opportunity here in Toronto and hopefully there's uh, many more to come in the future bringing it back to that I mean you know just that experience what was it like for you when they won the NBA title I mean that must have been surreal yeah, I mean, we were uh, we were a bucket away in Game Five uh-huh. in Toronto. I mean, if Draymond doesn't tip that shot from Kyle Lowry, who knows if if that goes in and we end up winning it on a buzzer beater? So, uh, yeah. I mean, they they delayed the the party by a few days, which would have been completely. <laughs> Uh, amazing to be there when when the the, <clears throat> the Raptors won the championship, but mm-hmm. uh, it was nonetheless completely uh, insane when the Raptors won. Like the, the city went completely crazy, uh, and everybody that was in Toronto at that time will remember that night for forever. I mean, it was just insane. And the days following that, leading to the parade with over three million people over there, which was the, the biggest parade in NBA history. I mean, uh, the Raptors are a pretty special organization. You know, it's uh, uh I mean, it, it, you could all. In a certain way, say we're not only the Toronto Raptors but the Canada Raptors. Mm-hmm. Uh, this team is beloved from from the Pacific to the Atlantic Ocean, uh, and obviously any championship that will be won in the United States will be celebrated in the in the area and maybe the state where the, the championships won. But I mean, nobody would celebrate a, a, a New York title in Philadelphia or Boston or anything like that. I mean, Absolutely that not. Yeah, <laughs> with with such huge rivalries between different cities. So in Canada, I mean that that country as a whole celebrated the title by the Raptors so uh, that makes the Raptors one of the most popular teams in the NBA and it's glad that this fan base have got an opportunity to celebrate the championship the way they did back in June. Of course and after so many years of being just very close to getting to the NBA finals I mean you can obviously imagine what it would be like if they won the NBA finals so you know congratulations to you guys once again. So we're gonna take it to Philadelphia a little here. I mean we're based in Philadelphia PA so a lot of Sixers fans are listening to this with NBA finals aspirations. Can this team replicate the same success Toronto had winning the championship last year? 
I think definitely. I mean, there's a lot of talent in Philly. They're, they're uh, one of the favorites to win it all this year for a reason. I mean, whenever you start a team with guys like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and, and pieces around them like Al Horford, who's a seasoned veteran now, uh, Josh Richardson, who's really good too, was pr- really, uh, I think, underrated uh, when he played for the Miami Heat, and uh, obviously Tobias Harris that the, the Sixers got last year. So it's as talented and as physical a starting five as there is in the NBA. Uh, so it's, um, I think Philly has a chance to be special this year. Uh, they're going to be a, a big problem for us, for, for Toronto, and they, they already were last year. I mean, they were uh, a Kawhi shot away from from. Yeah, don't remind me, please. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no, no disrespect to, to, to the Bucks or to the Golden State Warriors, but sure. I mean, there's no proof that, you know, Philly would not have gone through uh, had they faced Milwaukee and eventually Golden State. So, uh, I mean, the tools are there for Philly. Uh, obviously, there's some, you know, pieces to put together. There's a few new players like Horford and Richardson uh they lost a few big pieces too and Jimmy Butler and JJ Reddick so uh but they they're off to a good start and I think they're definitely one of the teams to be reckoned with this year in the NBA well that's what I like to hear and (laughs) I share that same opinion I think they do need a shooter somewhere later in the season they need to acquire somebody but yeah as you mentioned I mean defensively they're a great team they just have to you know keep putting it together the one thing that I would ask you is and I'm very interested in this just from you know a scouting perspective and a coaching perspective ruling out quiet who would you pick if you had to pick one player to be the face of your team who would you pick to be that hypothetical face of your team in today's current NBA um any position I mean I mean if you consider age and in that I mean obviously I think the obvious pick is Giannis uh, for most people, I mean, it's, you know, you don't want to be accused of tampering when you were with another team. I mean, I'm only the assistant coach for absolutely Raptors 905, but, but I mean, to, to answer the question, yes, I would say like probably a guy like, like Giannis, it would be like, uh, uh, some guy you want to build around. I mean, there's, you know, like I said, the obvious age factor compared to maybe older superstars in the league that might be just good or impactful in a certain way but I mean obviously you want to go with somebody that's young and that you could build upon so uh, I mean the Bucks are fortunate to have him you know for, for now and hopefully uh, you know when you're in a, with an organization like us with the Raptors like you can get a player that uh, that you can build upon for many years to come I do think we have a really good one in Pascal Siakam right now uh, for us uh, so he might not be the number one pick across the NBA for some people but uh, we're happy with him and, and obviously if you have to watch that question like to approach that question from a basketball perspective as a basketball fan I would say like most people around the league would probably pick Giannis and discluding age would it be you know the same answer for you or would it sway a little differently um I mean it's still to be proven I would think that that LeBron James is not the the alpha dog in the NBA I mean you know Mm -hmm. people you know have kind of gotten away from him a little bit after last season with the Lakers. But, you know, people sure. forget that the Lakers were number four in the West when he got hurt at Christmas. Uh, he was averaging, I think, something like 27, 8, and 8 at that moment, which yeah. is completely crazy considering his age and, and his, his, you know. And the obvious win-now mode for the Lakers is now. It wasn't last year. Or it yeah. wasn't, you know, when he made that move. It was for the future. Yeah, I think, like, people jumped off the the, the, the bandwagon pretty quick last year considering his track record and what he did, you know, getting to the finals eight years in a row. So I'm not saying, I I mean, it's pretty hard to answer who's the best player in the NBA right now, but I mean, 
I'm saying people got off the LeBron James bandwagon a little mm-hmm. quick. I think after half a season where he, you know, he suffered a major like groin injury and came back and definitely wasn't fully healthy. So, I mean, if you have to win right now, I mean, I think a year ago LeBron would have been pretty much everyone's number one pick or, or pretty mm-hmm. close. Um, and it's, you know, you would have to think about a guy like Kevin Durant as well, who's probably second to none in terms of pure scoring ability, mm-hmm. as we've seen in the NBA Finals when he was with the Warriors. So, uh, I mean, there's, I mean, the NBA has a few really talented guys, and you're pretty, you know, in a good position if you mm-hmm. have one of those guys. But uh, I'd say those names are probably the ones that, that come off quickly to the, the, you know, to the top of your head. Lastly, Charles, old and young, there's a lot of people eager to do what you're doing right now. So what advice would you give them to conclude the show? Anything, you know, you've experienced over your past 16 plus years that you can shed to somebody who's either joining right now in the industry or somebody who wants to make their mark right now? Um, well, I think kind of like going along the, the first question you, you've, you've, you've asked a little earlier, I would say mm-hmm. being humble and working hard are two like very, very important traits. Uh, obviously, like a lot of people work hard in this industry, but I think it's important to, to know what you don't know and to know that you've, you have to be better and there are people that know some stuff that you don't know. So uh, when I say being humble is important, it's, it's to have that approach that you can learn from a lot of people in a lot of different environments um, and approach it like as an everyday learning process. And I think if you do that, then you're definitely going to get better. Uh, and, and to identify what your weaknesses are, like I think it's important at any level uh, that you know like what you're good at and you're not as good at um, and have that that mentality that you're going to hunt uh, what you need to, to get better at those weaknesses. I think that's really important because um, a lot of people love sports. A lot of people love basketball, uh, which is the world I'm in. And um, I'd say like, just like anything, that's a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of people that want to do it. Uh, so if you want to separate yourself from the, the, the rest, I mean, you're going to have to be really good. You're going to have to work hard to be really good mm-hmm. uh, because I mean, there's a lot of a lot of candidates and a very few chosen ones, you know, to, to, to those jobs. So uh, stay humble and know that a lot of people are trying to get to your spot and uh, keep learning. And, you know, and the, the I would say the journey is just as fun as the destination. So uh, learning every day and, and, and enjoying the experiences along the way are, are definitely things that are important because, it, you know, you can't believe that you're only going to be happy and mm-hmm. satisfied you reach that final destination otherwise you've lost a lot of time and opportunities along the way in my humble opinion absolutely and as you know i mean with your past experiences and everything coaching wise and scouting wise it is a small world so that humbleness and everything counts because you know everybody else is going to be paying attention to you later on but charles thank you so much for coming on the garver show I know you're a busy guy, so the commitment since Vegas to be on the show has meant a lot. Best of luck, man. No problem at all, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this exclusive interview on the Garve Roar Show, the first of endless interviews. Special thanks once again for Charles for making it happen. Tomorrow, you'll hear me talking about the Eagles-Bears postgame, including your reactions from the game and breaking news that just occurred. My goodness. I mean, Deshaun Jackson out again for four to six weeks, according to John Clark. So we won't talk about that, unfortunately. But stay safe. Take care, everybody. Enjoyed the day.